Yeah, we don't get those kind of retweets around here, do we? From those kind of big people. No, I don't think we've ever had someone who's got eleven thousand followers retweet us. We've we've hit it. We've hit it big, gentlemen. We've hit it big. Yeah. More followers than all of us combined. I might have to go. On the, I might have to load up the Twitch channel just in case people asking questions. Uh, yeah, that's not a bad idea. All right, gentlemen, we are live with fancy new dreads. <laughs> uh, so I guess I forgot I'm doing the host. I, usually I'm used to McWomble coming in and just being like, you know, fix the show, like, you know, save it from the SOS we're in. We but but anyways, so welcome. We are Pixel Pints. We are the only global gaming podcast that not only covers great games, but we also cover great beer. Um, we don't promote drinking. Please drink responsibly. Um, but I am joined by three wonderful uh, co-hosts today. Um, I have one who's in the fridge, so I'll come back to him later. Sorry. <laughs> I'll go to uh, Mr. Liam. How you been? I'm doing good. Too early to drink here, so um, I, I will watch Evan drink, I think, unless he's not yeah. drinking. Oh, but I'm then... drinking. Uh, okay, I'm yeah, not... but there we go. Uh, <laughs> Who have they replaced you with? <laughs> yeah, ser yeah, seriously. It's uh, 5.35 p.m. on a Saturday after five hours of work. Oh, yeah, that, that's prime drinking. Well, that's... Yeah, that's prime drinking. Yeah, it is five o'clock somewhere. I suppose that means that I can drink, Evan, because it's five o'clock where you are. Yeah, yeah. This this isn't some like um, uh, I was gonna say Davy Crockett, Jimmy Buffett. It has a, it has a <laughs> same amount of syllables. Jimmy Buffett. This is some yeah. Jim, Jimmy Jimmy Buffett cheesy ass um, Las Vegas strip uh, restaurant that has the sign, the cheesy ass like beach sign. It's always noon somewhere no we're actually connected yeah. somewhat at least on zoom by this podcast <laughs> to me that's more of an excuse than a sign like nailed on like the bathroom door of jimmy buffett rest restaurant in las vegas so yeah but i think the that, thing you're looking for is evan is it's five o'clock somewhere yeah did i say noon <laughs> i yeah, don't know say noon. i said five i said five o'clock somewhere you said noon <laughs> i was like oh noon works too but wow, that's that not makes, really the same. That, that makes me that makes me look bad where like my, my motto is it's always noon somewhere instead of 5 p.m i apologize <laughs> oh whoopsies i will fix that later sorry about that technical difficulty that just popped up whoops go back to the main okay well i'll figure it out in a minute I'm playing with technical stuff, guys. Sorry about the background change. That wasn't supposed to happen because we're not on beers yet. We're still talking about people. Yes. Dan, how are you? <laughs> yeah, good. Good. Another week. Another week logged in. One week to go until my holiday. I'm happy. That's some teacher shit right there. One week. To, uh, we, we, uh, count, uh, we count our work by the by the little oh, vacations yeah. we get. <laughs> so, um, so, William, so you see the room. Oh, you can't really see the room I'm in because I've got a background. But I'm in a room now. And where I'm going is I'm going to stand up on this chair and oh. walk into my house. That's 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 where I'm going for my holiday. Wow. Away from this laptop. You think you're going to your back garden for a little bit? You know. Literally, yes. a little bit? Yeah. 
maybe a walk down to the grocery shop. Well, uh, not too, I don't want to walk too far because I don't want to be breaking yeah. those lockdown rules. Oh, no, Boris will come for you. But no, yeah. And it's, uh, yeah, it'll be all right. But another holiday. Uh, but actually, probably this is the first one where, like, obviously I'm not doing anything and I'll probably think about it more because um, Christmas, obviously, I had, we did see some family. So it was something to look forward to. And obviously, in my last holiday in November, I was waiting for the birth of my son, so that was a bit more, more oh, excited yeah. and gearing up for that. Whereas uh, now it'll just be, uh, yeah, just doing stuff, I suppose. <laughs> Maybe <laughs> decent tasks around the house. So, it sounds this? quite I've suspicious. Got to do. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I've got to finish grouting the tiles in my kitchen, so I might do that. Exciting stuff. Are you talking about the yeah. the wall? Just yeah, yeah, in front the of tiles. the, in the uh, burners. And yep. finally, we have Evan back from the fridge. Back from the fridge, yeah. Uh, not exactly. It's cold in that fridge. I'm going to replace Verkov talking about Las Vegas weather with. I think it's always going to be cold. That's kind of a boring forecast, fridge forecast there. Uh, I'm all right. I'm actually kind of still annoyed. I know that you don't like Hereditary, Mitch, but I'm kind of still annoyed. I haven't seen Hereditary. Uh, you... Oh, you haven't? No. Okay, great. Mark Wait, I, I could have sworn you said that it was bad. But that was Keith. That, that, was, just, Keith. that was Keith. Oh. No, who I'm referring to is Keith with this story. I thought you also said it was bad. I've never He's not seen here that. to defend himself. I'm sure he'll be in the comments later. Bring it up, Nick. The <laughs> balls on this man to say that he's suspicious of my taste in horror because I like Hereditary, when in fact the opposite is true. That from the horror, you know, like, I'm not going to say true horror fans, true gamers with a Z, true horror fans with a Z, the consensus on that movie is that it's either good to great. And the fact that he not only doesn't like it, but hates it, and so much so that he's convinced that people who like it have to turn in their horror cards, fucking just blows my mind. Now, I know he's not losing sleep over it, but I've been thinking about it. For a solid three weeks since the episode that he said, I have a bad taste in horror because I like the film. The balls on that man. He's not here to defend himself, so that's how that's how petty I am. I'm doing okay, by the way. I'm, I'm pretty good. Have it's, you, it's, it's midday Saturday. Have you seen Midsummer yet? Um, yeah, yeah, I have. It's. Is, I've heard more mixed things on that one because everybody seems to quite like Hereditary. Yeah, I, it's, it's hard to follow up. Um, like it's, it, I wouldn't say it's a sophomore slump, but there are aspects of that movie that I don't like, and I don't think it. It's still good, but Hereditary is such a high note, especially for a first film. Uh, but it, it is a film that I do need to go back to and, and rewatch to analyze it a bit more. There's a lot I like about it, but I would be lying if I didn't say that I I wasn't disappointed. Well, there's a lot of. Uh, negatives in that sentence i would be i wouldn't i would be lying if i said i wasn't disappointed there you go it's still okay it's still pretty good though i mean for a second film though he, that guy has some talent and i'm happy to see what he does next all right so gentlemen beers anybody got any i do so there's a um there's a i think i might have 
mentioned them on a prior episode. There's a Japanese kind of beer distribution website called Ante Antenna America, which I think is a bad name because it doesn't really tell you about anything that they do. Yeah, it sounds like you sell antennas. Yeah, it's just a bad name. But they, they import American beer. Bit expensive, but mm. I'm so starved for good beer here. I mean, there's a lot of good beer in Japan, but American craft beer that I do pay a pretty penny to get a shipment every now and then. So I got like a 15 beer shipment uh, about a week ago. And um, I uh, got this uh, Founders, and this is Founders Centennial IPA. Uh, now, let me see. Shit, I should have looked this up so we could fucking move on from this. 7.2% uh, alcohol by volume, 65 IBUs. So if anyone's not familiar, IBU means international bitterness units. And it's just a bitterness scale to, so you can kind of judge how bitter the beer is going to be. The more you drink, the more you look at a number and you know what it means on the scale. When you hit above, like when you go to like the 30 to 40 range, that's really bitter. And this says 65, which is essentially off the charts. Um, so Founders is a really good uh, brewery. I believe they're out of somewhere in Michigan. I feel bad for not knowing this, but uh, very briefly, uh, this is off of ratebeer.com. It's, it's rated as a 99 out of 100 scale. Uh, the Centennial IPA has quickly become the IPA of choice for whom I don't know. Pour yourself a pint of this complex, flavorful ale and bask in the frothy heads floral bouquet. Relish the immense citrus accents achieved by the abundance of dry hopping. This ale's sweet, malty undertones balance the hop character with a finish that never turns too bitter. All right, that is the first and last time I read marketing bullshit <laughs> from my iPad, my iPad, my smartphone. Uh, so yeah, that's... It, very amber, you uh, slightly you transparent, you, you, you bit of a rocky head. Right when you were holding it out with your mouth open. <laughs> <Just> <laughs> Sorry, it's uh, yeah, it's yeah, you can kind of see through it a bit. Yeah, it's a way nice more, rocky it's head, easier. pretty dark and, and and ambery. For an IPA, this is way more amber color than you might see off of. Yep. Uh, a uh, traditional IPA. There's not a lot of gold in here, but it's like cloudy as well. Yeah, it is quite cloudy. Yeah, you can't really see through it. Um, yeah. Yeah, this is a. Uh... Oh man, I just like stuck my whole nose in there. It smelled so good. Sorry, I gotta wipe my nose off. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Very tropical on the no uh, nose. Got a bit bit piney, but you can tell there's like gonna be uh, a nice bite of hot, uh, bitter hops in there they're known for their heavier ipas but like this marketing synopsis said never turns too bitter and i would say that is definitely the case lots of beers that are like really really bitter these american craft beers that pride themselves on turning the hoppiness and the bitterness up to 11 and it just sits on your tongue and it builds and builds and builds throughout the entire beer a lot of people don't like that. I absolutely love that about IPAs. It's my favorite style. This one doesn't necessarily do that, although I haven't had more than a sip just now. But the most surprising thing about this is it's not really building on my tongue as some of the other American craft beers I've had, but it's 7.2%. And 
at an alcohol content that high, you'd think it would be doing that, just like being really, really heavy. But they've actually um, developed a really decent balance between um, the maltiness and the, 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 cit the citrus aroma and this uh, kind of slightly bitter bite. But yeah, no, this is, uh, this is good. I paid too much for it, but I'm happy that I bought it all the same. Sounds good. Hey, Evan, I, I think you should put that on Instagram. But don't you? I think you should put more things on Instagram. So Liam can like it. What are you talking about? Liam just yeah, what are you talking about? unproportional to other people. Absolutely. I, I am a spitting good gentleman who treats all equally. You know. That yeah. that's named Especially Devin. Especially on social media platforms. <laughs> so, uh, that is uh, Founders Centennial IPA by uh, Founders Brewing. All right. Does cool. any, anybody else Thanks. have a beer at all to share today? No, I'm going to start drinking more on Fridays. So I've got something to show you on Saturday morning. Awesome. That's uh, that sounds. Uh, yeah, Friday is what gets you. I'm so happy last night. I only had one beer. <laughs> I was really. I woke up on Saturday at six to go to work. I'm like, I am so smart. I I only had one beer last night. Yeah, it has nothing to do with me being smart. It had to do with me being tired. But now that I'm more same. stable here in Los Angeles and financially and everything all good, that I will start bringing beers. So I'm excited to do that. Oh, ex ex super excited! I don't get to see a lot of what's in stores in in England or. Uh, your part in uh, Los Angeles, Mitch. So yeah, if you could find some some interesting stuff, I'd love to love to see the cans. Take a note because Antenna Antenna America might might have it. They always get new beers in. Okay. So yeah, when you can. Sounds good. So we are going to go right into our topic of the day, or more the topic of the week. Uh, and this one came from Liam, so I'm going to let him explain this exact topic that he was interested in us discussing. Well. I, I, I was thinking about this topic uh, <laughs> like since last year and I was thinking, yeah, that this is definitely the direction the industry's headed in. Um, consul um, consolidate um, consolidation. <laughs> Basically, every company in the games industry being bought up like right now because the industry is realizing more than ever that, that there's all of these services and they need content for those services and Basically, they need to take all of these, well, very good companies basically away from one another so they don't miss out, essentially. I, I guess that would be the best way of putting it. I mean, last year, Microsoft bought Bethesda. That was like the biggest sort of buyout in, I, I think, ever, really. I don't think there's been a bigger sale within the game uh, industry. Was Activision buying Blizzard worth more? I don't think so. No, Let me, I'll I'll look it up. It, it certainly wasn't as large of a purchase, and uh, Activision Blizzard was more of a merger than, than an actual straight up buyer. Oh, keep going. I'm just gonna look it up mm. as you keep going. Well, basically, um, to lend more credence to this theory, um, just last week uh, we had uh, Embracer Group buy out Gearbox Software, uh, was it Aspire Media, who, who are rumored to be working on the Knights of the Old Republic remake. I mean, they pretty much are, it's pretty obvious at this point, but but they got bought out by Embracer Group and, and sucked into part of Saber Interactive. So 
So I will correct you. Um, Activision did buy Blizzard for way more money. So the, pur- the purchase of Microsoft to Bethesda, technically acquiring Zenimax Media specifically, mm. was $7.5 billion. The acquisition of Activision, um, the transi- transi- the transaction amount is around $18.9 billion. Along with, oh, along with a... Um, becoming the 52% majority stakeholder in the company. And so that allowed them to do the transition. So it's definitely a, the biggest acquisition has been Activision. Maybe, maybe that happened not so long ago per se, but long enough ago that we just kind of didn't remember the number. Yeah. Whereas, well, it is 2008. It's it almost have, 10, like, I even remember the 7.5 billion 10 years ago. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, yeah, it's it's, it's not fresh well over mind. a Damn. decade. So, okay. that, and usually that information people don't remember at that time because consolidation hasn't been as big of a thing in the games industry until probably recently, more than anything. Yeah. Well, I guess that lends like, credence to the topic at hand, where we're talking about this massive merger ten years ago. Then all of a sudden, within the last couple months, we're having all of these this consolidation. I mean, if you look at it, though, the, the Zenimax buyout is a much bigger company being bought out than Blizzard, even though it costs them a lot more money. It's interesting looking at it like that, because, you know, I, I mean, I suppose back in 2008 with World of Warcraft sort of had a peak and uh, Starcraft sort of coming out and all of that stuff, I, I suppose it sort of would be worth that kind of money. I, I can't remember, was Hearthstone a thing back then as well? Hearthstone, I don't think uh, came in. Yeah, that's came, been around no. since. I don't think that came around until 2010. Yeah, that sounds about right. Oh, you can it's right. Like right on the cusp yeah, of the Hearthstone. Yeah, for sure. Hmm. It's interesting. I, I I get your premise, but I don't agree totally with your your logic log, uh, logic with it because um, you're saying all these services. I don't think there's that many services, to be truthfully honest. Well, um, I don't think it's so much services yet. So I think it's the idea that these companies will want services eventually. Like, services is the future. If you're going to have Game Pass and then you're going to have PlayStation Now and things like that, people are going to get used to the idea that they pay a monthly fee for all of these games. I, I, I feel like video game sales are going to go down after a while and companies are going to have to adjust to having services. I disagree. And, and I, I don't, I services, don't think... services isn't the only reason. You know, it's also the fear of missing out. You know, because if a big company like Microsoft is going to buy up a bunch of companies that do business with loads of other companies, the other companies are going to be like, oh, well, we don't want to miss out on this talent. We've been working with these people for years. Like, I get where you're going with it. I don't think, and I've always been a proponent to say, I don't think Game Pass is the future of games in regards to, I have, I do I not believe that at all whatsoever. Um, only because it's, it's not profitable. It's extremely, um, well, it's, extremely thing- it's extremely tricky to be profitable. And I, uh, with a company like Microsoft being the one to do it, I think it's the wrong company. If any company was going to try to do it, is the wrong one to be able to get as many subscribers as they need. Um, I see if, if something like Activision did it, um, because they have Call of Duty every single year, that thing sells over 10 million copies a year. 
that is automatically you're going to have 10 million subscribers to your service if you get the new call of duty every single year with their service mm-hmm. that that i think might be so i because other companies are not necessarily following i know ea has done something similar um, but it's not the it's not the same in regards to your game to play the games when they come out day one yeah it, it's uh, only it, like that on pc right so or, it's, it's origin access yeah like, so it's you know, not EA it's, yeah so it's not the same and so i just don't see it being the future i think these companies make way more money if they sell these at $60 a pop, especially something like Call of Duty is going to make them way more money than they would if they charged you a monthly fee uh, for a full year. Oh, I I don't think so. If if they charge you, say, uh, £10 a month, well, sorry, sorry, $10 a month, let's say, uh, just to be, you know, that's basically them for 12 months getting £10 off of you. (laughs) You know, you pay $60 for a Call of Duty game every year. Well, seventy dollars now, I suppose. Um, you know that that's um, forty dollars more every single year to have a subscription to their service, and, and then you know they don't have to include all of the monetization strategies that they have in those services. I, I get that, but at the same time, you yeah. run into the issue of if someone's going to see that, and then they're going to see they can buy the game for sixty dollars, they're just going to buy the game for sixty dollars because they're not going to want to pay the t- the ten dollars a month. To do that so that's why you need a vast well, library to back it I, up I, and I so that's where it gets fine that, that people are a lot more susceptible to paying monthly than, than paying I, a larger price at first i i disagree only because think, there are too many there are too many services that are uh, monthly. Uh, i i won't disagree with you there but I, this kind of marketing works um and also i think uh, what one one of the problems uh, if i could just say um with us talking about this is that I don't think we're always thinking about the majority. You know, we're, we're thinking about this from that's what I'm thinking. We think agreed. Yeah, we're, we're thinking about this from the lens of being gamers, being passionate about that. You know, we personally would agree that we prefer to just buy games, yeah. you know, not to use these services unless it's convenient to us at the time. Um, but I think for the general populace and most people, they look at a service like Game Pass. They don't play many games, but they'd like to. They go. Oh, ten pounds um, a pop every month. I'll, I'll sign up for that. That's a great deal. I can play all of these games. I, I've all, never have any interest in. All of my casual friends who are gamers, I would say, play games as much as I do, uh, or any of us really. They all they're all Xbox people because Xbox in the UK seem to have had a hold. I know PlayStation kind of they took over a bit last gen. A lot of my Xbox friends went to PlayStation 4 towards the end of the generation. But generally, they've all gone back to Xbox when the launch and purely because of the monthly subscription. Like, I don't know anyone really. I mean, I think maybe Liam, did you? I know if you didn't buy one, did you? I don't think I know anyone that bought the Xbox outright. I think every Mm. single person bought it on a monthly payment scheme which oh. came built in with Game Pass. So they've already got all those extra Game Pass members, and which they are so paying monthly for. They might have... Does it, uh, so the, Trojan, those, the Trojan the horse that got Game on Pass. The new, on the new system. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Yeah, that is so, interesting. And I, yeah. Think, and I spoke to all of them, and they said, it's amazing. Like, all these people were like, I've got like three or 200 games, or whatever, how many games on it. It's amazing. I can just download it here, download it, and just don't even think about the monthly payment, which is quite funny, really. Like, yeah. Because they're like, oh, I'm, I'm buying the console. Yeah, I think like, like the, 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 the joke, the Game Pass. You know what I mean? The joke of like uh, services and subscriptions is, you know, like 
originally there was very few choices and you're trying to pull the plug on cable and then the kind of joke online is it's gotten so bad that actually cable might be a better deal because they <laughs> said they give you a solid pack of more stuff for less mm -hmm. money when you start looking at yeah. you know you put it on the credit card you're not you're not seeing if you're not paying attention to your monthly bill you're like actually i'm paying more for all the services i subscribe to and i only I'm, I'm paying for this service because i want this single show or this single game and i forgot to cancel it and i've been paying for it for three extra months or whatever and it's actually um, amounts to more than what what they're playing um are we getting away from the topic a bit about the consolidation, no, I guess. I, okay, I, I, I this is definitely part of it. A, a pretty good like analysis of it. Um, I just, I just think it's that, funny. But if this is going to be Even like a streaming service thing, but for games where people are going to be piecemealing everything, and it's actually going to end up costing more money, depending on how many yeah. you choose when they're available. Uh, even though I don't, I'm with Mitch. I don't really think I don't want this model. I mean, I think he's probably he doesn't think this model is actually going to like be in the long time. I would disagree. I think it is. I don't want it. I prefer to want to be able to go and buy the game I want to buy and not have to wait for it to come on a service I, I follow, if you know what I mean. Uh, so, but I wouldn't, I'm, I am kind of with Liam with the thing. I do think game sales will start to reduce because if I was a parent and my son was like, oh, I need this game, this game. Well, you've got a hundred games, Billy, to play. Play one of those. I'm not buying a new, new game. Like that's, I'm talking about the casual, casual game here, not, but yeah. you know, the ones who actually, are playing games because their parents are buying them games. They a lot of my friends who are parents have said, "Oh no, we've got Game Pass. We don't need to buy my son a game now for two years because they can just play whatever comes on there." That's their attitude. Yeah, they're see, already I, paying I, the fifteen. So I, I get where you're so talking about are those going. kind of gamers. Oh yeah, for sure. And when I talk to casual gamers, I get the opposite, and that's where I my viewpoint comes into play. Is a lot yeah. of them are going another subscription service. I don't need it. Mm. Or Billy will right, tell me what is, games yeah. I want and he will just go get them at the store because I'll say you get three games a year and you can go get those three games you really, really want instead of mm -hmm. I've had I've had a couple people I know casually subscribe to Game Pass and not like the games that are offered on there because they're That's crazy mm, to me. because they have played them already. So they're like, I don't have anything I want to play, so I'm wasting my money. So they told their parents to cancel the subscription. And this is where the big thing is. You know, when it comes to games, parents listen to the gamer more than any other medium, probably, because parents have no idea what the heck is going on. It's like with mm -hmm. Fortnite, they hand over the credit card. It's things like that. And so if the gamer isn't intrigued by the service, the gamer will tell the parent no. I, I, I think the gamer sees the value of the service, though. I, I, I think if you're a gamer and you're, you know, somebody asks you a question, what, what, what is of the best value for me? Who's somebody who doesn't play many games? That's the thing. I also that's find that's it the underlining thing you have to have is I don't play a lot of games. If you don't play a lot of games, Game Pass is amazing, the best yeah, service that, that, you can that, get. That, that is but that is the large majority of, of casual game players. Not necessarily. You know? I, I think it is. Certain, you know, certain but, gamers, certain gamers have certain games that they only want to play every single year. They don't want to play. Oh, well, that, that's also true. They but, only but want it, to play Call of know, Duty. They only want to play their Maddens. They only want to play their um, their their Sony first party, or they only want to play their their Bethesda or whatever comes out from whatever platform. I I, I think those people are a small minority. Like like Game Pass, a service like that is like the answer for somebody wanting to play more games other than the games that they already buy every year, essentially. Yeah, agreed. Yeah. 
I get it. It's, like, it's, if it's, you're full, going it's full of people. B to C or T or titles instead of A tier titles. I think I, people I, see I, the I quality disagree. difference. I, I, people I see really quality disagree. difference. Um, to be honest, like I, I think like going on gate, I, I find it hard to believe anybody could go on that service and not see the hundreds of games that are on there and find nothing that they want to play. I um, think whether I, I mean, or not this is coming niche, from somebody who's played a ton of games. Ca casual. I mean, Liam? there are yeah. tons. There are tons of indies. There are tons of like big modern games. Like as a PC game, it's got all my RTSs on it, so I'm happy. Like yeah. I literally can play Crusader King when that came out on day and day. I was like, woohoo! Because I love that game. So I was like over the moon. So like there is like, and I can spend hours on my PC playing that game. And I've, and then so the, what I would say is I think Game Pass is a kind of subscription like Netflix or or Disney that you might wait and wait for that game to the game you're waiting for to come out. You might subscribe for a month, like people do with Netflix and Disney, play their game for the month and then drop the service. I did that for PlayStation Now. My mates That's were playing this golf game. My mates were playing option. this golf game, yeah. and it just happened to be, and I didn't want to pop buy it. So, and I could get a PlayStation Now subscription for a month. So I just bought, got the subscription for a month, played the played the hell out of it, and then dropped the subscription. Yeah. And do I feel like I'm gutted that I didn't buy the physical version of that game? No. I think I saved myself fifteen or fifteen quid or whatever it was. Yeah, but if you look at so, but I think you, maybe people will use it more like that. You, you made you made a good point, but that also hurts it. So you need consistent subscribers yeah. to maintain a profit to be able to make it worth your while financially. So an example. You think Game Pass is going to keep? I mean, is Microsoft going to keep these? That's the question. On a consistent basis. That's the basis. ultimate question. That, I think that's what everybody's waiting for. And if Microsoft, I guess can, we don't know yet. We yeah, don't it's know. Too early to tell. Last I checked, though, I thought they did have like that absolute shit ton of consistent subscribers no they yeah, just said they, they, ju they just got, they just they just said they had 15 million subscribers not necessarily if they're active or not well you got to think so like if you think about if you think about so if you think about netflix be, netflix is game pass for the next 24 months so if you think about netflix it's 50 over 50 million active subscribers every single year for netflix that's that's in then obviously there's going to be fluctuations in addition to that number where some people just go for a month and not go for a month and netflix is this the number one uh if you look at something like disney plus right now it has about the same amount of subscribers as it does as a uh, game pass and they're not profitable um they are they are expecting not to be profitable for the next three to five years it's the same thing with hbo max that just launched that only has seven million subscribers um it's it's a really tough way to go and that's where i i understand the consolidation works out for the companies because then they can say we have this exclusive and then they can sell it as just a regular game it'll be interesting to see if other developers go other publishers go in the direction of a game pass but even sony has flat out said it's a it's a bad model it's not profitable we're not doing it i mean it. i mean to a certain degree sony already has that model playstation now but that's if you look at They're the quality, it's not the same. That's what makes me I, laugh. I mean, they, they sort of dip their toe into it, though. You know, with PlayStation Plus they, games. The only reason well, they're would, doing it is to, so you can play your PS3 you. games. That's the only reason why they have the service. I don't think it's the only reason. But that's the main reason they no, bought the I service. I agree with you, Mitch. I, 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 think, I think it's... Uh, I think it, them Sony go on that. And the reason they say that is so they don't get flack for not releasing their first-party games day and date on the service. 
But that service now is as just could be just as good as Game Pass, but Sony are deciding not to make it that good because they do don't you want think to they're ever going to? Do you think they're ever going to turn it into something like Game Pass eventually? No. Day and not day. anytime soon. They're like Nintendo. They're going to go their own. No, they make too much. They make too much money on release. On yeah, it, yeah. I was just posing the question, but yeah, you you get you release games like yeah. you know Horizon, when, God of War, Spider Man. It's yeah, like you don't be. even need when you're winning like you are. Why change? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That makes sense. Well, how do you guys see this going? With uh, all of a sudden, there's been this explosion of these companies absorbing uh, other companies. Like, how, uh, how do you see this I, I going do you forward? I worry that Tencent is going to come and clean up the board from Gather. From my, I do. No, he's laughed, but I'm, like, they are oh, no, still no, giving I, up I for certain acquisitions. <laughs> I mean, I, I, we've been back and forth on this, for, and we I think we both come to the same agreement. We think this is going to come in and clear house of anything that hasn't been bought by Microsoft. Like, do well, we do we have a dark future ahead of us, or do you think we'll we'll all we'll be all right in the end? Well, what, luckily, one of those dark futures has recently given up. Google. <laughs> well, I I was concerned yeah, that Google would make a big purchase, <laughs> and and it would be horrible. I mean, now we've just got sort of Amazon on one side and a bunch of Chinese companies on the other side. <laughs> the the biggest the biggest mistake that could come out of all of this is if it's like an EA situation. They buy these studios, they don't produce like they're supposed to because either they're not getting adequate um, support from their company that that hired them. That's my nervousness with all this purchasing from Microsoft. They don't have a, they don't have the track record to have good quality. If you're looking at the quality of all other like very high level games, they're on a B B B team level, and so that's my nervousness. Is you know you bring in Bethesda, they're already B tier quality with a B tier quality head head like Microsoft. That makes it a little more difficult. I I I I I disagree. (laughs) Bethesda's games always come out buggy. They don't sell very well because they're not appealing, and uh, and you know some of the games are revolutionary. I I I. Disagree. I mean, I think Dishonored Two is one of the most polished, brilliant games ever. I, I think oh, Arcane, Doom... Arcane is amazing. They have, yeah. ne- they haven't, in recent memory, they've, they've been per- personally right. Dishonored, Prey, Dishonored Two have, and the DLC for at least I don't know about Prey's DLC. I haven't played it, but I've mm. played all the Dishonored One DLC. Yeah, and I'm DLC playing too. Death to the Outsider or Death of the Outsider with right now. That shit's yeah. great. Like they're, I mean, specifically Arcane Studios is their their games are amazing. Yeah, I mean it's it's everything but Bethesda game studios. You know? <laughs> yeah, right. um, yeah. uh, but but yeah, even yeah. If, like you know um, you can't argue how popular those games are. I mean the amount of money Fallout seventy six makes despite being a piece of crap. Also, you can't say that a game that like uh, a publisher that produced Skyrim that has been on most every fucking console in the last yeah. like twelve or whatever ten years or however long it's been out for is a B-class studio. It's ridiculous. Well, sales yeah. sales number isn't the only way to determine if a game is good. You know? They, no, they're probably... They have one of the, great their, their pedigree is one of the most buggiest game. game studios in, in, in all of games. I don't think that's... I really, I've run into many bugs. With, I, I didn't uh, like uh, uh, the last... Um, what's it called? Uh, Doom. But it wasn't because it was buggy. It was because I just got bored by the halfway about halfway through. But the first remake of Doom was fantastic. I didn't really find any bugs in it. I'm not saying it's every game. 
There, it's, but there it's, are multiple well, the, the games only, that we can the, the list, that, can list that are on, riddled uh, with the, engine bugs. That's just horror. I, I disagree. I mean, the only studio that ever has like any like bugs in it is Bethesda Game Studios. And ironically, the most popular out of all of them. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I, 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 I like to come back on Microsoft not having a pedigree as well, because I know they've fucked up a bunch in the past, but but that they make quality games when it counts. I mean, look at the Gears of War games from the Coalition and, and the Forza and games. Also, like they, they just if you might not like racing games, but uh, Forza Horizon is a fantastic game. If you're into racing games, it looks beautiful. Plays pretty fun, like arcade racers. I know that might be everyone's cup of tea, but you can't. Oh, for sure. And yeah, no, I'm not. I won't disregard their racer. I I put that apart from everything else because the the rest of their the rest of their stuff is uh, underwhelming or subpar. I think the problem is, Mitch, is they haven't really released much. (laughs) Well, that doesn't help. (laughs) That's more of their issue. That's more of their issue. Well, because you can. We don't know what they can produce anymore. You can't release anything. Well, yeah, and Liam, you can say their their gears was better, but is it if you put it up against some of the top tier games in the industry, it doesn't hold up. It's basically. I think it does. I don't think it does at all. I believe that. No, no, the the, the work that the gears of the coalition have done. No, is is like the gold standard. No, I think (laughs) I think they finally brought games to the to like modern age but they didn't do anything with it to make it like they didn't do anything to evolve the franchise like it needs to to evolve and become better like they literally just took the game and they're like okay gears of war 4 was like okay we can make it on the xbox 360 level of like okay that's how the quality is in regards to like the shooting feels fine and then the next game is like okay now we introduce open world elements like every other game and and but there's nothing creative about it yeah, but Mitch, what is the difference between that and Uncharted 4? Now, I know that's controversial, because I, I would agree that con- um, but Uncharted I, I, 4 I wouldn't say Uncharted is vastly 4 is superior. An game. Oh, well, I, I don't like Uncharted 4. Uncharted 4 but, is not but, my favorite. Uncharted 3 is my favorite. But, but what, what, is, what is pushing forward the industry? I'm just looking at the production values of these games and looking, wow, that's yeah. polished as hell, that um, graphical... I think, you know, that's what I think what the problem is, we have been slightly spoiled by sony's first party games let's be honest like god of war horizon but i would say horizon didn't particularly push it but it was just a beautifully looking game and i just liked the premise um but god of war and um obviously last of us 2 we've had all this amazing content from sony and spider-man you could say um and then you're looking at Xbox and that comparison yeah this is where you're so but i would say sony's pushing it like an a star right now like it, like it, I haven't played a game from Sony. Actually, Godfall was a bit of a disaster, but I suppose that was Gearbox. <laughs> oh, so yeah, well, that was Gearbox. Really blame, I don't know if you can lay that on Sony's door. That's but, a, um, that's like the medium but, for Xbox right there. <laughs> um, In Dan's mind, at least. Well, yeah. <laughs> to be fair, I have carried on playing the medium, and it's it's okay. It, I think it would have been. I didn't play Godfall, but I think I would have enjoyed it more than playing Godfall, if I'm honest. But so mm. there we go. Uh, but. Um, Again, I didn't pay. For, I did pay for it, but in my subconscious, I didn't pay for it, and that's the thing. When we go back to like the paying for services, like if you can convince the consumer that they've got to pay for that anyway, like it doesn't really worry them. If that, I don't know. I think it's just I've got. Oh, I've got to pay that anyway. Like for instance, like I'm paying. Obviously, I'm paying for the console, but I would have paid for that anyway. Uh, I may have bought that outright, but I, did, I couldn't afford it at the time, so I'm paying for that anyway. And the Game Pass subscription, I'm actually only paying £5 more than I was for my PC Game Pass. 
uh, as it if you would do the figures. So um, and for five pounds more, it's a great service. So then it's just like oh, it's only five pounds extra. Yeah. So and that's a weird. It's all subconscious, of course. It's all to do with psychological marketing. Which I think Liam was saying earlier, if you can convince the consumer that actually that monthly subscription is a good deal, and that's what they're going to work with. And I think you're right, Mitch. At the moment, there probably isn't the, that persuasion to say it's a good deal. But I'm not saying that I'd hope that Microsoft does pull out their ass and start churning out games with all those studios they've got. Yeah. And then people that. And then, then that psychological switch in the head will go, oh, actually, it's a great service. Why am I paying for it every month? Yeah, once they sort out the first party and once you get all the Bethesda games on there, and not to mention a lot of EA games as well. Like, uh, that's Yeah, well, now they've done a deal with EA, I think I'm, I'm got Game Pass, because I'm not, I like FIFA and all those, but I'm not a day and date. I don't need to play it at the beginning of the season. Hmm. So I'll just play it when it comes on there, like six months later, just because hmm. to have it. I, I just you guys sense. are going off the assumption that Microsoft first party studio games are going to be great, and you can't make that assumption without because well, they the, don't. The thing have, is, hold on, because the, the, they don't because oh, they don't have a full history of showing that quality. Because a lot of these studios are brand new, or have been consolidated, or have been transformed into new studios, and have been also forced to work on projects that may may or not be passionate for. And many directors have left projects from these games like we just got an announcement that the person that's working from the initiative that's working on the new perfect Dark no, no, game no. has left the no, studio that, that, that guy is not involved in the actual creation of the game per se he's not like a top level figure he, he, he was more instrumental in forming the teams essentially within the company he's just I'm, stepping away for personal reasons i'm not i'm not saying that i'm not saying uh, that, that that's but, i'm just saying people are leaving what? projects and that's that doesn't um, look good not really other than free, other than 343 i haven't seen many people leaving anyone so, so um so say, that's the only can thing. I say one thing the, can i agree with you mitch can i say one thing the um i think i'm going to give microsoft the benefit of the doubt because i think a lot of people when when gorilla <laughs> said they were moving from kill zone to Horizon, people were like, what the hell? And look what they produced. So until these studios release their first game, I've got to give them the benefit of the doubt. I'm not saying subscribe tomorrow in the anticipation of those games. No, no. Let's see what they are. And But I think you've got to give them the benefit of the doubt if they're new studios uh, to see what they produce. Because as I said, I was blown away by what uh, Gorilla did. I was not expecting that kind of quality or class of game. So I think every I th- I just because it's not a Sony studio, I think it still deserves to get the benefit of the doubt before it's released again. My, my argument, my, my argument was as well, because even if you take quality out of the picture, you know, like the amount of output we've had from Xbox Game Studios, like in the last ten years, has been mediocre at best. You know, mm. <laughs> it's been there yeah. hasn't been many games. There's been so few games that it's like waiting for the next game to come around and you like set your watch like two years in, <laughs> in time you know it's just like so true. we'll get there eventually oh sea of thieves has been delayed again oh, okay and another game's cancelled you know and it's just like but now yeah. you know they're in the position where even if the games don't turn out very good their output is going to be like <laughs> at the rate it was before it's like quadruple in their output yeah. but this and, is and that's, 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 that's worth something you're leading to my entire point that and I, i'll roll it back after this to, 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 to my, to my point we were talking about a while ago but um my issue always with microsoft has been they are they are a company that is always about 
quantity over quality. And that's always been mm-hmm. my issue with them. And that with all this consolidating makes me nervous about the quantity versus the quality Fair issue enough. again, which I understand that some people feel that the value is there for a service like Game Pass because that is their thing. They are Game Pass is quantity is there, but there is not quality. And that's the issue. But anyways, to the reason the reason we even got on this tangent was um, I think the issue with all this consolidation is companies potentially could hurt these studios that they acquire and these studios could shut down. And so, you know, or, or ruin games for them, like, like something like Bioware has gone downhill a little bit since they have been acquired. They've been an up and down studio. They had, they had some highs and then they dropped some lows. Same thing with, you know, like Destiny. It's not that, not that saying Destiny is a bad game. It just hasn't been what Activision expected it to be. And then they had to part ways. So I think there's, there's issues that come with that. And I think that's why I don't, I don't see the purchasing happening more and more that there's going to be a fire sale on game studios. Um, I don't see that happening because I think people will start finding out that also this is a lot of overhead that you have to pay for. And if they are not putting out the good quality, it's not going to be worth their time or their money. Um, but Evan, you haven't spoken at all. So what, what's, what's, sorry, I, you I had a, my wife, thought it was a great idea to start washing shellfish in the sink <laughs> next to me and then over that like putting aluminum foil over the bowl that it's like it's like i can't talk i have to mute this whole conversation because you're washing shellfish anyways i actually wanted to bring a, a point that uh, liam you had brought up uh the unbelievable um before the show where um with these big companies absorbing these studios, um, you know, EA in the past is notorious for absorbing studios and like having them um, micromanage games to shove microtransactions in them and then uh, destroying studios. And uh, yeah, it's like, it, it, it's common knowledge now. Like it's, it's a joke once EA, EA absorbs a studio, like, okay, well, let's see, see how long they last type of thing. Yeah. And then uh, this most recent consolidation from, what were they called again? Codemasters? Oh, uh, the, 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 the more recent one. Oh, oh, Embracer Group. I see. Embracer Group, where we were talking just before the show. It seems to me, like, how do you view some, do you think, it's like going into the future ea is going to be the exception to the rule where these companies that are Um, absorbing studios are going to leave them do their thing and be a bit more hands-off because that seems like a healthier way to let these companies be while also giving them cash flow i think as much as i would like to ship on ea like every day all the time (laughs) never never stop (laughs) um I, i don't think they're the same company they were back when all of the previous disasters happened. I, I think it's not so much a change in them, m- more than a change in the industry. I, I think. Okay, um, I, I get what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. like this is yeah, the, like the old EA, the memes and all that stuff has carried on now to where maybe that's not what's happening now. Yeah. However, it's all that kind of us poking fun at EA and EA being the worst company in the world has just kind of <laughs> flowed from 2010 till. 2021 um, without without being just, ridiculous we, we still have that in our minds this whole time he has been sitting there in their boardroom laughing at us going <laughs> they hate us but we make millions of dollars yeah, oh yeah, yeah. yeah every year 
and we're yeah, just putting they... it into the bank. <laughs> yeah, what do they? What do they care? What do they care what I and, think? Um, they don't give a and shit. And on that note, EA have just signed a new deal, exclusive deal with UEFA to to lock up the Champions League and all the licensing until 2025. Yeah. So, right. Uh, that, so, well, on, if, if yeah. Pro Evo wasn't already dead, it is now. <laughs> like, yeah. On one hand, like you have all these like a very very few people being critical of ea they're like well we don't care because we're making so much money so poke yeah. fun at us all you want label us the worst company in the world we don't care but, but i think sometimes that's the problem and i think actually mitch is kind of talking about microsoft i think that's why they don't i think they care but i think they also it's such a small fraction of their business that they're like oh it doesn't make some money but these guys are having some fun like the same with ea is like oh fifa's making all our money so we'll try and make some star wars games if we have to cancel them we have to cancel them like it's like i feel like i know that seems ridiculous but i think some somewhere someone's thinking that oh we spent a few couple uh, hundred mil on that game didn't work out never mind move on to the next project till one sticks because they know they've got this constant flow of cash every year from fifa not in not only on game sales but then everyone's bloody ultimate teams cashing in again on the new cards that they look exactly the same as the previous year Yet they've oh, given yeah. them another different rating. Yeah, you like yeah. this is the <laughs> you bring well you bring up a great point because if you look at the correlation, so you look at something like EA, your example, also you look at Microsoft, they they have that absent cash flow that they don't they don't have to worry about losing. Something like Sony, the games industry is their biggest profit margin. So if they f up a game, that's a lot of money down the drain for them. That that can ruin their yeah. business because now PlayStation has taken over the market for them as in regards to majority of what they handle like sony pictures well, what, what was it like uh google stadia was like a three billion dollar investment but they, they make a hundred million dollars a day on advertising so like if they sink stadia like they don't who give, cares they just don't give a shit yeah yeah, so, yeah exactly. so, that's the thing so that's They're more like uh like uh passion projects they're like someone in their team's like i really want to do this okay have a go Go ahead. Oh, never mind. Yeah. Didn't work. Can that then? <laughs> yeah, and so and so that also can determine whether uh, how consolidation happens, why they consolidate uh, certain products or certain businesses or certain uh, um, certain studios. Um, so I think, yeah, for sure. I think the outlining parameters of the business itself is a huge component. Like if Nintendo bu- buys a studio. Like they they can't afford well I mean I mean they're Nintendo they they sell a bunch of other games but like they in their minds like they're mean. not going to shut down. They're much game. more careful when it comes Correct. to those. Yeah, so yeah, it really I, I just mean, depends. Nintendo also just bought Next Level Games, which is like the first yeah, they they've did, bought yeah. in years. You know, which quite, quite timely, Liam. This con- this topic. Yeah, um, um, it's just I, uh, one one other aspect I want to mention though, because like, I know this has sort of deviated off of the initial topic of consolidation. But, but I, I do think it is a genuine concern to a lot of independent developers that, um, mm. you know, if they screw up once, that's it. Like, their company's done. They can't make another game. Meanwhile, if they're under the umbrella of a mm. bigger company, that gives them so much more work safety. You know, it's, well, it, it, it affords depends. them. It, it does depend, but it also affords them. It allows them to make mistakes. Well, Liam, for me, that example of that for me would be Ken, uh, a bridge of spirit. Because when that originally was pitched or whatever, that was an independent studio. And then Sony took interest in it and kind of put them under the umbrella. I don't necessarily think if they had been independent, they could have pushed back release the way they had to, could put back release. But I think mm. Sony may have gone to them, oh, push it back six months. Don't worry about it. We'd rather this be a good game. 
than go out buggy or whatever in November. Whereas an indie studio with 15 staff members have to pay, they might have had to release it then. And potentially that would might have had a massive detrimental effect on sales and everything else. Mm. But that's and, but, and their mental health. But uh, yeah. but also that's why you see independent game studios being more strategic about how they do their businesses. So there's an example yeah. of I, I and I, I apologize. I wish I knew this game studio off the top of my head. But there's one game studio that uh, ended up saying that they worked on a bunch of uh, ports, some remasters. Um, they also worked on some worked with other studios to like make. Um, assets for a de- another game studio so they could save up money so that they could work mm. on their passion project and then be able to afford it themselves and not if mm. they, if the thing got canceled they wouldn't go under because they still have that other end of the business so mm. it so yeah th- i mean it, this is kind of the world of corporate in the in general of the, the way that mm. the corporate world is nowadays and it's capitalism as it best it's basically you buy out your competition because you you want to make sure that you have all the all the assets and you want to make sure you have all the services but then it limits the market and competition then becomes really difficult sometimes because uh if you're just going to buy up your competition then where is the competition so Mm -hmm. it becomes very difficult um and so i think there's multiple reasons why consolidation is not always the best and that's why some studios refuse consolidation yeah, I think I I can I don't recall the studio off the top of my head, but I do remember reading a story where someone said that yeah we got offered, we said no, we wanted to be independent, and I think that's that's something to stay about maybe the business of the company oh, yeah. that they were going to work with that maybe they didn't trust them enough to be able to work with them, and I think that's a huge aspect of whatever is going to happen in regards to if someone's going to consolidate or not, because that, yeah. some parties oh, have no. to agree. I mean, there's always going to be independent developers. There's always going to be people that aren't part of the consolidation. But, but I mean, I think there's a simple fact is that we're heading for consolidation. You know, I, I think. Is that... Sorry. Go oh, ahead. sorry. 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 Uh, it, it's it's just I think you know for, for every game developer there is that that would rather rough it alone. You know, I mean they can make as many ports and remasters to make sure their company's adequately funded so they can work on their bigger projects you know in peace but but at the end of the day that does require more employees and it does require the company to get bigger and and the bigger a company gets the uh, the harder it can potentially fall yeah yeah. what was your question um oh sorry i thought you were done liam uh no sorry there's a bit of a uh, bit of a lag i was just wondering if um you think going forward because liam I, i understand what you're saying about some of these smaller studios seeing safety and being mm. under the umbrella, whereas it, it, for some it studios is... it could it could be a, a an inevitable death sentence. So yep. ultimately, like I mean, this is a really hard question question to answer. But and, th- and this is very specific to this is a case by case basis. <laughs> so I don't know if this is a very good question. But like, is this whole if if what you're saying is true, Liam, or the way you see it? Is this move towards consolidation a good thing overall? Um, a bad thing? Uh, I mean, what, what do you what do you guys think? Because I just uh, we had again we previously we had talked about this just before the show where there's this infograph of uh, how many banks were in the states, and I don't remember how how long ago it was, but it's just the NFC playoffs to the Super Bowl, where it's like, well, I mean spread out over 50 teams versus like eight but it's like 50 banks and then it's like okay 25 and now it's 
three banks <laughs> and they've essentially just three banks have absorbed those 50 banks and now there's only three players in the game type of thing and or look is at that the, good is that bad? Or look at the movie no. studios it's like basically time warner at&t and one other and it's all like multimedia companies Right, right. Yeah. Just, yeah, like everyone's under three umbrellas now instead of it being a bit yeah. wider or people on the fringe or outside of uh, of that in the salt, small indie studios that are not going to accept well, a I would buyout. Say, you know. I think consolidation is going to happen with the big studios or studios that make a name for themselves. I think big companies will come along and try and purchase them if they can, that is. I think what we've got to realize is, though, that technologically... It's a lot easier to make a game now than it was 10 years ago. I'm not saying it'll be like an amazing, like, blow your eyeballs out your sockets, graphically amazing game. But like like a simple, like, isometric game or something like that is a lot easier to make now by a lot of the younger generation than it was when I was probably these kids' ages, like 10, 15 years ago. Mm. um so and i think so i think that will keep on feeding so it means that people will more likely to get into the gaming industry even if they're and these more indie developers will keep on coming and then the ones that are standing up might get absorbed and then it will just i think it will just be a recurring cycle well and and then we will still have both sides of the industry i think the best of the bunch might end up getting absorbed into a into a conglomerate of some sort well and you gotta look at it too for the independent studios the mobile market's huge for them most of the time they're yeah, making exactly. a mobile game to help bring in assets to the company and not all. And, yeah. and when they bring in employees, they're not always salaried employees. A lot of the time they're contract, um, especially because it's temporary. Um, and so sometimes they'll well, say, we're going to bring you on for the contract for this specific, this specific, uh, project, whether that's like a port or remaster or a mobile game, and then they will let them go and then maybe bring them back if they're going to do a bigger game after that. Before my brother-in-law worked for so uh, for Sky, he uh, worked for King, and he when he, when he first started working there, he was one of twenty employees making Candy Crush. He said by the time he left, there was fifty of them, and he said mm. because there's that little and they're making so much money, their corporate retreats was a private jet to like to Ibiza for like the weekend. Dang! And he said and that was the, and that was the that because he said we were making so much money on mobile games and the company size was actually so small. Uh, he was just a low-level developer at that point. Uh, in and if still only fifty of you, but you know, what I mean, there would have been a corporate structure still, even in a small company like that. Yeah. So he moved on to get a promotion somewhere else. But so you know what I mean? Like these, you are right there. I mean, Mitch, with your mobile games, there is so many like these little indie studios making these mobile games, hoping that one of them was going to hit big, and there we go, and the whole cycle starts again. Yeah. So I, I think I think in the end, consolidation. I think will hurt the industry. I regardless of regardless of who scoops them up, um, because I think it it takes away, um, regard regardless of what um, what company takes them over, and regardless of what they tell you, they will always limit them in some capacity. Um, because if you look at it, there's always a micromanager in the process. If you look at something like right. like Microsoft, they have a head of Microsoft Studios, and same thing with PlayStation. They have a they have um oh geez, what's his name from Gorilla? Um, uh, uh how Herman Hulse. Herman Hulse. Yeah, Herman. That's his name. Um, so they have Herman, and literally they go and test these games out, and they give them feedback. When eh, nah, oh I uh, uh, and so that is going to influence how the game is going to play. 
And that could change the dynamics of everything. And if they didn't have that person saying it, because mm. if that person doesn't approve it, that game's not game made. Plain and simple. You know, what, my... you know what it is though, Mitch? I think it's funny when you're talking about this because gaming was such like an outside medium when we were children. Like it was like, oh, people play video games, haha, then move on. But now gaming's become like a massive corporate conglomerate where, which is making a massive industry. And it's just become like every other industry. Mm-hmm. Like I could use the exact same example for the school I work in. Uh, it's great to work in, but because it's part of a multi-academy trust, everything files down. I'm not saying things are bad or good, but because you've got more people to answer to, uh, it's always you're always going to have more either things in the way if you want to do something because you've got to jump through more hoops. But that's just corporate way, and obviously oh, yeah. something by the, itself. The, the, the reach, the, the umbrella. Yeah. It- Goes down, yeah. yeah. So something independently and um, by itself is going to be able to make a lot more, have a lot more decision making on their own ground and make the thing they want to make than something that's been absorbed into into a, a massive either Sony, Microsoft, things like that. And you basically, you've got to rely on the fact that these ind- these big corporations let these individual studios have a little wiggle room or leeway and less of that micromanaging. I'm not saying it's not going to happen, but that, I think that's in every corporate structure. That happens when yeah. something gets absorbed. You have more hoops to grow, and I think gaming's just now entering that market, or if it already really is in that market, but more so because every single person is playing games, and the average gaming age is going up every year, pretty much. If you look at the Matrix yeah. movie, choice, the answer is choice. Well, it, 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 exactly. Um, yeah. I mean, <laughs> that that is a good example of people having too much creative freedom. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, at least the two sequels, that is. <laughs> um, but, uh, hey, I'm sure. for the record. Like I'm that. so happy I get to watch the new Matrix movie on HBO Max when it comes out yeah, in theaters. It's pretty good. Thank you, HBO yeah, Max. There we go. That's a streaming well, service worth choice. investing. There you go. There's for. option. So yep, they give you go. option. Yeah. And 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 you could and we could go full circle and say the same thing about uh, gaming uh, like subscription services. They're giving you more options. I can go and buy the game if I want for the six seventy dollars. Or I can sign up for the subscription service and monthly and play that game along with other games. Yeah, I think as long as they offer, there is a lot more choices. Yeah, it's, it'll become an issue if they only say subscription. And I think, yeah, unfortunately, that, that's I what... I don't think that will If it's Microsoft, mm-hmm. I think they will. I mean, if they're going to charge you no, almost over 100% the cost of, of uh, Xbox Gold to make you go oh, back to Game no. Pass... But they didn't I do think, that... They, I know they took no, it no, back. No. I know they took it no, back, but, 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 but they would people... be willing to go there. No, no, no. Uh, look, the reason Microsoft did that was because they wanted people to unsubscribe from uh, Gold. Xbox Gold Live. Because Without having have... to cancel the service. Well, no, the thing is, is that they still have a large contingent of people that simply are just subscribed to Xbox Live Gold, which is about yeah. half of... I think it's like um, 60% of what it costs for xbox live i'm sorry xbox game pass ultimate they, they want to make those people shift from xbox live gold over into game pass i think is my theory yeah they are um, without no, they, having no that's the exactly service, my they point they want to do away yeah. with the service that's, that's and, exactly and then, my point though that's that's exactly no, no, what but, i'm trying but, to say I, I haven't finished it but then after they've done that if you know once they've tried their best at converting a bunch of people from that subscription over to their main subscription they're just going to make online play free. That's my personal opinion on why they mm. did that, even though it turned out to be a very 
bad decision optically. <laughs> yeah, it was a terrible decision. But yeah. um, they didn't want to be this company that goes, all oh, you guys, because it's a cutting off their nose to smite their face to go, oh, we're getting rid of gold as a service. And you'll only be able to be, if you're part of Game Pass, and you're basically cutting off that that 60% that are paying you every month. But instead of that, you scare them away or scare them onto the mm-hmm. other service yeah. by yeah. upping the price. Exactly. But they didn't actually realise yeah. that that would actually look worse yeah. if they said you've got six months of transition over. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. They're, they're, they're thinking, if we just make online play free, oh, well, those people aren't going to subscribe to Game Pass. But they if actually we did make a... them subscribe and then they see how good the service is, they'll go, oh, they've made online play free. I think they'll make you pay for online always. What, what, what their main no, mistake is so. of all this, their main mistake with this service, that service, Gold to Game Pass, is they should have lined them up. They should have lined up Gold and Game Pass at the same price and then phased out Gold and they, brought, they could have made everyone together onto Game Pass and then slowly upped your Game Pass and monthly subscription and then launch, launch Ultimate Therefore, then you've no longer got the gold people. But because they did two different services, and now they're trying to beat to make them each parity, they're struggling. That's basically it's basically it's basically the way they should have done it for like the the Sony method, which is like you had it free, but you had this service that you've been using. Now all of a sudden, you have to keep using this service that you use, and it comes with internet. <laughs> well, yeah, PlayStation Plus that, that... shit this month. If you had a PlayStation Four, you got one game. As a PlayStation 4 owner, you got one game this month with PlayStation Plus. I, I, no, oh, I know. I, you, you get Control two. Ultimate Edition. What, what was the other game you got? Uh, control. You got Control. Oh, con- oh you got control Country Genie and Control. Was Control, not, was control not PlayStation 5 only? It's, um, no, no, it's, it's both. both. It's, it's oh, both. Destru- oh, okay, Destructoid, All-Stars. Okay, Destruction All-Stars is the PlayStation so, 5 game only. Uh, it's just because uh, on my, it's because of my console, they fixed the bugs. So it says PlayStation 5, PlayStation 5, PlayStation 4 mm. for the control. So I was like, that's really harsh. They really screwed over so, PlayStation no. 4 customers. No, 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 for, no, for, someone who's, for someone who's looking on a PlayStation 4 screen, what happens is on the PlayStation 4, uh, the PS Store on PlayStation 4, it shows you... Concrete Genie and the PlayStation 4 version of Control Ultimate Edition, and then what I can do on uh, the okay. app is download or, or sorry, not download, add the PlayStation uh, PS5 version. Control Ultimate Edition and the extra game, which was uh, Destruction All Stars. Destruction All Stars. From from here, you cannot do it through the PlayStation hate, 4. Evan. It does not show up. Yeah. So, oh God, fuck okay. that game. It, 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 I think it's just, it's absolutely hideous. Yeah, you're going to hate that game with oh. more than you hate any other game. Absolutely hideous. <laughs> um, I, Mitch, I actually apologize. I forgot to say I had, I had a hard out at 6.30. I have to go. So once I leave, it's going to screw up your whole um, <laughs> thing. But I, I do have just to leave. Can you just leave it? Why don't you just turn your camera off and leave your stream on? Actually, you know what? I might be able and to turn do the that. Sound off, okay. That will stop All right. The, that okay. You out. know what? Okay, actually, fair, fair enough. Yeah, I'm going to do that. <laughs> so, I'm so sorry. I forgot to no, say it. Okay. You guys have a lovely conversation. Again, I'll listen to the end of it. Mitch, you don't have to change a thing. I'm going to mute my mic and cover my camera. Oh, okay. Sounds good. <laughs> so you don't have to do a thing. Uh, enjoy sorry. the rest of your night, guys. Yeah, I'll yeah, watch man. it tomorrow. See ya. <laughs> See ya. <laughs> it's...
could have just clicked the camera off button. On I know. Zoom, but, um, <laughs> I didn't want to. And he was so excited to block his camera. I, I was like, okay. <laughs> I was like, okay. hey, I, I, I can still hear you guys. I got my headphones in. Wait, what am I, what am I doing? <laughs> oh, I said, we, we said you could just turn off your camera. Oh, I can just turn on. my camera off. Jesus Christ, am I stupid? Yeah. I'm so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I don't play enough multiplayer games. I, I, I need to brush up on my online. Uh, connection Anything. abilities all right uh yeah cheers boys yeah me and it. my um all right all right <laughs> all right have a good night see ya yeah we should we should be wrapping this up a little bit anyway so uh leah moved but that's okay he's still in a box and that works <laughs> um where were we <laughs> i think we we're just um, shitting all that well i think we came to the consolidation that you think consolidation is going to be bad for the industry. I think it's just the natural evolution of yeah. the games industry now. It's uh, a massive multi-entertainment. Oh, I think I think it's going to happen, uh, but I just don't like it's happening. Okay. Oh, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm very in the middle of it because I, I sort of wish it wasn't happening, but at the same time, I'm like, oh, it could open so many new doors for, for a lot of interesting collaborations and, 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 and such. It could speed along a lot of developments, more I've... ambitious projects, but obviously... That always has a detriment in some ways, you know, yeah. and and it's a little bit scary. Um, and and but I, I do think um, it's sort of like one of those things where it's like you don't want change because you're used to the way things are and it's comfy. Um, but while a load of bad things could happen from this change, I, and I definitely think that could happen, and there will be bad things that happen. There's no doubt about that. I think there could be a lot of very good things as well, and it could be a new normal that's just vastly better. It could be a golden age of games for all we know. Um, yeah, who knows? Yeah, I agree. Yeah. With you. Um, it's going to be interesting to see what happens. I think. I think what I've said that the com- the independent companies that rise up will get cons- and look good, are going to consolidated, and then new indie companies are going to come along, and it's going to be this weird cycle. And yes, uh, Mitch, to your point, there will be some that get bought in and then get broken up and end up in other studios. But not necessarily, that's not necessarily a bad thing because mm. that individual talent could go to other teams and make their games better. But I know what you mean. It's not, I think, for individual game making and games, these games that were going to be made by this company themselves, it could be detrimental to them as, an, I, as I, organizations. I do also think, um, like, I think, all of these examples of game studios being bought by other game studios that aren't EA or or, um, or Activision, those are the two main ones. But but I think when a lot of these those game companies see the successes that other games companies like Sony or Microsoft or or uh, Ubisoft could potentially have with uh, new companies from giving them a little more free reign. Embracer Group is a great example. I, I think Talking. that has the I genuine chance. On the radio here. <laughs> I think you, I think you can mute him. Mitch, mute your mic. As the host. You can mute him. Oh, he didn't, he turned his camera, but he didn't mute his mic. <laughs> well, anything in the kitchen, you can hear everything. <laughs> okay, I muted him. We're good. Right. <laughs> That's great. Uh, I can't wait for him to listen back to that. <laughs> I, I do genuinely think. But it has the chance to affect the sort of culture a lot of these bigger publishers in a good way when they see the results that can be gained from 
letting these game studios have a little more free reign. I think micromanaging is good sometimes, but I think I think the problems usually arise from when you get middle management people, business people, who sort of insert themselves into game studios and their creative vision and think they know better. I think that's where a lot of the problems come from. You know, you get these arrogant people that, that think that because they know business, they know what people want and they know what's good for a games company. And, and it's just not true. You know, nobody's going to know what's best for a games company other than the games company itself. And you just need good middle management that, that, that can recognize the things that they know and the things that they don't know and then, you know, work effectively. And it's one of the benefits of companies like Sony and Microsoft are basically doing this thing where they take on people who are games developers, people that understand how games development works because they've been there, they've done that. You know, people like Herman Hulse, you know, he understands how games development works and therefore he, he's not going to scrutinize a creative vision of somebody because he understands that it's a process. Um, so, so I think there's things like that that could end up with this being a very good thing. Sort of games, um, the games industry is becoming such a prominent and large industry that it's like you don't need to look towards other industries and sort of get talent from there to improve things in the games industry when you've got all of the talent right there. You know, you don't need that crossover I think anymore. If any of you watched uh, Three Night Weekend on Sifted, they actually, towards the end of the episode, this is what Marcus oh. and Shane were talking about. And Marcus mm -hmm. actually put the point and said that we've got so much great talent now inside the industry. We mm. don't need to be bringing these executives from other industries. We're, we're They're stealing them from us. That makes sense. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, uh, that, yeah. I, I think that's great. Uh, the way the games industry changed over the past few years, it's sort of, it's like um, the developers have sort of taken back the industry from a lot of these business people and a lot of the people that come from Hollywood or mm. or, or, or other tech industries and, and you know they have an understanding of how things work and I, I think uh, it's far yeah. more beneficial. And I think like with any industry, if you bring someone in from the outside, there can be some positives, but there's also they don't understand the business model uh, and they don't understand that game development takes as long as it does to make it to be good. Uh, they're going to rush projects through and you're going to have an inadequate product coming out the other end. So it is better if, if there's internal promotion or internal stealing or you know, from different companies within the industry and these people have actually been in the games industry for a vast amount of time because they understand it. Where you bring someone in from outside, in any industry, not just gaming, things can go wrong. They might not always. Sometimes they go mm. right, but they can go wrong if they don't understand the process. Yeah, not all of them can be pizza hut gods like Reggie Beasley. <laughs> uh, I guess the, I guess my final thought where I'll leave it at is uh, you know like I, I I totally agree with all your points of that we're now mixing the industry a little bit more with um, with all the different oh is he back did you you guys you guys heard that <laughs> yeah, we, mute, we muted your mic well then we uh, muted your mic can mute it. All right, heard, thank, thank, you can hear what's you. happening in the kitchen. That's what we had. Kind of you can hear what's happening in the kitchen, then, and then we made it. Okay. We didn't hear anything after that. <laughs> okay. All right. Okay. Um, I, you I, can mute I, your own slightly, mic, Kevin, when you leave. You can yeah, mute your mic yeah, as, well um, as your uh, camera. That's a solid lesson that I've learned today. Yeah. Well, I mean, right. we're, we're about to end it, so if you want to stay for like a yeah. minute longer. Sure. Yeah, yeah. Might as well, right? I mean, yeah. yeah. All right. <laughs>
he went for a slight intermission and he's back now. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> kind of hijinks you expect from Pixel Park. Um, yeah, no, no, sorry, so. my, my last point I was going to make really quick is just saying that, like, yes, uh, mixing more people from the industry has been a really good thing. Um, it just depends on the company. Sometimes there still is a higher up that is not from the games industry that doesn't get the games industry, and it's a yeah. big hurdle. Probably coaching. Still, yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah. Evan, any final thoughts, really quick? Uh, no, I'm, I'm, I'm okay. That's, <laughs> that's, hey, hey. Sorry, I, my switch has been turned off. My, my, my mind is. I'm not talking about video games anymore. It's the switch is off. I, I just, I enjoy your company and seeing your beautiful faces. That's it. That's my final thought. Well. Thanks, thanks to Liam, Dan, and Evan for joining us for Pixel Pints this week. Uh, we will see you guys next time, whenever that is. Sometime in the future. Sometime in the future. <laughs> Cheers. He messed up the stream, didn't he, by leaving? Nah, it's okay. We're on a we're on a menu screen. <laughs>